Hey, I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Okay, Jam. Yes. Are you ready to hear today's episode? <sighs> I mean, I guess if you're not, I would just have to leave. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I guess so. Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> Okay, so it's kind of in keeping with our summer theme and it's in keeping with our carbonation episode that we just did. Okay, re-released. Re-released, yeah, last week. Nice. So today's episode is about why our cars get so hot in the summer. Mm, okay, mm. I wonder if some folks living in other climates will be like, that sounds awful. And yeah, it is. <laughs> it is really awful. I think it can get up to like, very hot. Yeah. Like, that's what I've heard anyway. Yeah. In terms of the numbers, it feels very, very hot. Yeah. It, I'm but I've never really been like, I wonder exactly how hot it exactly is. Exactly how hot. Yeah. I th And it's, it's a nice phenomenon when it's cold outside. That's right. Right. But it's miserable when it's hot outside. Yep. hundred percent. How hot can a car get in the summer in Texas? I just, I'm looking it up right now. I'm going to bet 120. It says the National Weather Service says a dark dashboard can reach temperatures between 180 and 200 degrees. That's crazy. But I wonder about the, the like environment of the car. You know what I mean? Like mm, yeah. the air that we are in. The air itself. Yeah. Uh, after 10 minutes, the interior car temperature is 20 degrees hotter than the outside. Wow. Golly. Yeah. This is just from random. You know, I don't know this. I'm just reading it off Google, but yeah. And after an hour, it's 34 degrees hotter. Oh, in 95 degree weather, the interior of your car will be 129 degrees in just half an hour. Wow. Yeah. And if it's a hundred, it'd be closer to 134. And that's why the local nonprofit that you and I both know about is doing a fundraising campaign, specifically trying to help people with their ACs for their cars. Oh, yep. I didn't know people were doing that. Yeah. It is miserable. I had a broken yep. AC one summer and it was not. Yeah. It was so sweaty. Yep. Everything you did. It was actually cooler to ride my bike to work. Yep. Because there was like wind. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You could feel the wind. Okay. 100%. So we're going to talk about why that happens. I'm guessing you have a guess as to why that happens. Mm -hmm. What's your guess? Okay. Um, I feel like the verbiage greenhouse effect could apply. Yes. Yeah, it does. It apply that is the verbiage do you know what the greenhouse effect actually is and why it is um sort of okay so i feel like the effect is essentially that conditions exist because obviously you could have this with a literal greenhouse which uh -huh. is where it comes from or whatever or a planet like venus or a planet like ours or a car or wow, whatever i'm impressed you knew that about venus just off the top of your head oh that's because i'm a space nerd so oh. Cute. I remember all the space stuff. Every space thing I've wow. ever heard. I'm just kidding. Um, I just found out about Venus in my research, or like was re-reminded of it yeah. in my research for this episode. So I remember being like, like I think one of my teachers asked the question, like, which planet do you think is the hottest? And everyone was like, Mercury. She was like, nope, it's Venus because it retains all the heat, blah, 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 and talking about that stuff. So I've remembered that forever. So it's, the conditions exist somehow that energy from the sun that is able to enter a space of yeah. some kind and somehow not 
leave as easily as it enters. Yep. Um, so like with planets, we talk about it as, as, a, as gas and atmosphere is what creates those conditions and certain gases that like make that the case. That's the part that I don't know the specifics of or whatever. But in a car, um, I feel like it's like it's got lots of windows. Mm-hmm. Obviously, lots of cars have darker interiors. And even if the, the windshield is tinted and stuff like that, it's like the sun is very hot and it's this confined space where the air getting warmer, but there's no way for the air to like easily leave. Yeah. And just continue kind of like getting back to, what's that word you use? Equilibrium. Yeah. Like it would if it was just the open air. Um, like we talked about with different like weather systems and stuff that happening and sometimes they're they're trying to get back to equilibrium or whatever. But in the case of the car, it's like they're it's trapped, stuck that way. Um, and as long as the sun's still beaming down, it's gonna keep happening to a point. But I don't know how to describe it deeper than that. Yeah, that is exactly what I was hoping. You would kind of have the idea that somehow light was getting in and heating things up and not able to get out, but maybe not know really how or why that happened. Yeah, that's... Yeah, because I think a lot of us hear, oh, our car heats up and it's because of the greenhouse effect and somehow heat's getting in, but it's not getting out. Yeah. But then when you think like, but why? Right. It gets to a sort of a deeper level. And you're right, it being in a car, there's other factors than it just being, you know, a literal greenhouse. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just the gas that's in play. There's dashboards and interiors. Right. So we're going to talk about all of that. Okay. And actually, frustratingly, there was not a lot of talk about actually cars from scientific sources. Uh-huh. So I am using, I just always like to be upfront. I'm using a lot of information and extrapolating it and applying it to cars as a chemist. Got it. So this is my chemistry mind taking information about the greenhouse effect and applying it in other situations. Okay. Okay. So your overview was pretty good inside of a car. There's air uh-huh. and that air has um, well, I guess I'm going to say first, I'm going to, uh, you know, sort of recap your overview with a little extra details. Okay. And then I'm going to go into some deeper chemistry that I actually learned more about for this episode. Okay. Okay. So yes, in your car, you have air and the main molecules in our regular old atmosphere are nitrogen, oxygen, argon, and CO2. Um, and then also water vapor. Right. And So these molecules are moving around, right? And as things get hotter, molecules move around more and more. So as you put energy either in heat or light form, the molecules have more energy to move around. I think before we've likened it to children who get sugar, Mm -hmm. it's like you're fueling them to be able to move around more, you know, and those kids are going to get hotter and hotter because they're, you know, putting out all this energy. It's similar with molecules as they move around more and we can, we kind of perceive that energy as heat. Right. Similar to when you heat up water molecules on a pot and eventually they are trying to escape so much that they turn into gas because that's how much they're moving around. Right. Okay. So, um, one thing also though, that I want to review is when it comes to light and other wavelengths, so like um, visible light, ultraviolet light, infrared, 
our molecules can absorb those, but only certain molecules can absorb certain amounts or certain wavelengths of light. We've talked about that before. Right, right. So some things absorb in the UV region, like some of the sunscreens that we use absorb UV light. Yeah. Or um, we talked about how UVC light, most of that is absorbed by oxygen, like before it even gets to us. Right. That's why we like the ozone, you know? Mm -hmm. So some, but other gases maybe can't absorb in that region. So that's a little fact I want to remind you of. So you've got all these in your car. And when you leave your car in the sun, there is energy coming through those windows in the form of waves. And they're absorbed by the molecules in the air, which makes them move more around. Mm -hmm. And the same thing is happening to the molecules in the air outside of the car. But like you said, they're trapped. Right. So because all these moving molecules, I mean, I don't think cars are perfectly airtight, but they're mostly airtight. There's right. not a lot of escaping. So because of that, the air inside the car, they can't, those molecules can't escape. And so they just, yeah, sort of build the temperature. In yeah. There. So, and it probably is actually because molecules like to reach this equilibrium, it is likely trying to get the heat out. And so it is probably dissipating. Your car is dissipating heat into the air around it. Right. It's not at the same rate that it's taking in more energy. Right. Right. (laughs) So that's why, you know, if you touch the, like even your like window Mm -hmm. of a car that's hot, it's, it's hot. It's trying to get the energy out into the surrounding area. That's cooler. Right. But it's just not able to do that at the same rate. Right. 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 So that's like your 500 feet overview of, of kind of why it's hard, hotter in a car. But there's a lot of little details that don't get touched on in that. Okay. So also also just a friendly, you know, side reminder that UV light does go through cars. And so you should wear sunscreen in the car. Mm. So windows and those... Um, for some reason, I could think windscreen, which I think is what they call it in Europe. Yeah. Windshields, uh-huh. but also windows in your house. They're letting UV light in. Right. So still wear sunscreen, even like on cloudy days, you yeah. know? Yeah. We, that's my side note of uh, get on the sunscreen train for me. But yeah. anyway. I've definitely, when I was commuting a lot, it was possible for me to, for my arm to get sunburned. Yep. But most of the time I'm not driving where the sun is actually entering straight through the front. It's more like through the side. Yeah. That you know, what happened, or at least on my face, because you're going to block it if it's going to be right in your eyes in some way. But um, I would be like, what happened to my arm? Like, yeah. I, don't, I wasn't outside. And I'd be like, oh, right. It's my arm that I have on the armrest in the car. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but have you ever seen that picture of that trucker? He, like, drives trucks, I think, for a living. Uh-huh. He drives something for a living. And so, you know, he's going one way in the day and then you know so the left yeah. side of his face is always the one being exposed to the sun right he's more. always sitting on the same side of the car same yeah. side of the car and um the sun damage on the left side versus the right side is insane that's crazy like he looks probably 10 years younger on one side of his face than the other that is crazy okay so that was a side note but yes yeah, so this energy is ir infrared visible and uv light is entering into your car so you also are getting uv light so wear sunscreen if you're going to be in the car all day it's the same as being outside all day right right or close i guess you have some protection okay so the greenhouse effect like you said um typically focuses on energy from the sun but a little piece that you missed is energy from the sun is you know put into our atmosphere in terms of um 
UV light mm-hmm. and uh, visible light and some infrared light. And then also some of that energy is absorbed by the earth. So think about like how sand gets hotter mm-hmm. and then lets that back off. Right. And usually when it absorbs and re-emits light, it may do that at a different wavelength. So infrared wavelengths are different than UV wavelengths, for example. Okay. So a lot of the lights absorbed and re-emitted by the earth is infrared light. And that is the focus of the greenhouse gas effect is infrared light. Okay. And I, I tried to find out why UV light was not talked about in many of these resources. And it was really hard to find that. And my suspicion is that um, the way these molecules absorb infrared is slightly different, uh, like how they let the energy back off. So we'll circle back around to UV and visible light. Okay. But for now, I'm going to focus on infrared. So infrared light is a re-emitted by the earth. Mm-hmm. So there's this wavelength of infrared coming out of our earth and they can only be absorbed by certain molecules, including carbon dioxide and water. Okay. And when carbon dioxide and water absorb this infrared light, they re-emit that light or that energy in the form of heat, uh-huh. usually. So they're wiggling around, bouncing around there. Now they're hitting other molecules and then the energy transfers from them to those other molecules. And so they can absorb infrared light and uh-huh. then let it off into other molecules and go back down to their relaxed state and then absorb infrared light again and then let it off and go back into that relaxed state. And so even though there's a relatively small percentage of carbon dioxide and water vapor in our atmosphere and in our cars, mm-hmm. they are repeating this cycle of absorbing infrared light mm-hmm. and then letting it off into these other molecules that don't absorb infrared light. So they're able to take in the energy that's let out and it's just heating and heating and heating. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. They're like an importer. It's like, yeah, I've got the connections. (laughs) I can import the goods and then I can distribute it around in the country I live and then I can import some more. And they do it over and over and over again. Okay. So I didn't realize that nitrogen and oxygen weren't really being heated. And so um, one American Chemical Society video I watched, it went really in depth and I think if um, we have chemistry, big chemistry nerds, they would like this video. Uh It's from the American Chemical Society. And he talked about how there's an experiment where if you have just a box of regular, um, regular, I think if you had nitrogen and oxygen in a glass box, it wouldn't heat up at all. Okay. And then if you have carbon dioxide in a glass box, it'd heat up a lot. Oh, interesting. And if you have like a mixture, it would sort of be in the middle, I think. Yeah. So. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, it's like a clear, it gives you a clear answer though. I didn't think about that, but like putting specific gases in a box and having it be as pure as possible and seeing how different mm-hmm. they respond to, to taking in infrared and, or not taking it in, in the yeah. case of oxygen. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So these, so I guess I was interested that nitrogen and oxygen weren't really being heated. I assumed they were being heated because I know they can take in UV light. So that's something we're going to circle back around to. Right. Okay. But so really the carbon dioxide and the water in your car are the reasons (laughs) that you, that your car gets so hot in the gas phase. So if you could say when you left your car, you had like a little hose go through the window, you could somehow like pump it full of some other gas and displace all Mm -hmm. the CO2 and H2O, Mm -hmm. water vapor in the air, you could, that'd be a lot of trouble. 
not worth it. But if you did do that, it would reasonably decrease the heat that your car. I think it would decrease the heat, but because your car isn't actually a glass box, I don't think it would completely solve the problem. Right. And here's where we circle back to UV invisible light. Okay. So um, oxygen and nitrogen do absorb some UV light, uh-huh. but we, they, none of the gases really absorb visible light at all. Okay. But you know what does absorb visible light? The solid materials? Solid material. Anything with color, really. Right. And so I think that there's an added element in our cars where we have the UV, well, the visible light coming through our windshields and being absorbed not by the gas, Mm -hmm. but by all the solids in the vehicle that have colors. Right. And they, even though they don't move around like a gaseous molecule, like um, to the extent, they still are vibrating and and wiggling around more. Molecules are moving even in solids. Totally, totally. So I think, this is where I'm extrapolating a little, the visible light contributes to the heating of our cars because those solid surfaces absorb heat and put that, they're absorbing light and putting it off as heat into the car, also heating up those gases. Totally, totally. That's another level. And we've all experienced that too. It's like, it's definitely to a lesser degree, but like, if you were to put your hand right near the dash, but not quite touch it, yeah, you'd already be feeling that heat, right? Yes. So we know that that the air molecules right near there are being heated, yeah, by proximity. So of course it's contributing. Yes. But that's interesting. It's like you wouldn't think of it as probably being quite as significant, but it's like no, we feel it, and we yeah. know that hot objects we just get close to them and we feel it. Yeah. It's because of the they're transferring the excitement. Yeah, and I think we ah. mostly think about it as the greenhouse effect, but the greenhouse effect is the gases absorbing the infrared. Okay. And in this case, it's sort of like the greenhouse effect is part of it, but also I think just the natural absorption of visible light mm-hmm. by objects that then re-emit that as heat is contributing also. So it's not yeah. just the greenhouse effect, I don't think. Right. And I tried to find information on that and I couldn't. Yeah. And the other thing I tried to find information on, the greenhouse effect, all the resources on it really focus on the absorption of infrared light. Like I said, Mm -hmm. they do not talk about UV light, which is absorbed by oxygen and nitrogen both. Okay. And I think that's because the way that they must absorb and then re-emit the energy might not be as heat. Oh, I see. But I really couldn't confirm that. And I'm kind of worried that there's a basic chemistry idea that I'm just like not thinking of. Right. But I couldn't find a good reason for why we don't talk about the movement of oxygen and nitrogen as part of the greenhouse gas effect. I know they're not absorbing infrared light, Uh but I don't know why you're not talking about that UV component. Yeah. And I know a lot of UV rays are blocked, you know, by the ozone layer. They're not all getting to us because of the oxygen in the atmosphere, but there are definitely some getting to us because that's what damages our skin. Mm. Yep. So that's odd to me. Yeah. But I couldn't find an answer. I tried really hard and I couldn't. I It occurred to me, actually, I had written up this episode about the greenhouse effect and the visible light. And I was like, wait. Why are we talking about UV light? Yeah. <laughs> and so I tried to find an answer, but I couldn't find one that was satisfying to me. So that's a question that if somebody else has the answer, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. But I also think it, you know, UV light does break down plastics and other things. We've talked about that before. And right. it can be the reason things fade. 
Right. And so I think that also the solids in your car are likely absorbing UV light totally. and re-emitting that as energy as well. Right. As heat energy. Yeah. So I don't think that infrared light is the only reason for our cars heating up. I don't think we can only say it's the greenhouse gases. Mm -hmm. I think maybe the greenhouse effect of air being trapped in a space. Sure. Mm -hmm. But the uh, scientific version of the greenhouse gas, which is infrared light being absorbed and trapped in a space, heating it up. I think we also have to think about the visible light and the UV light and how that's heating up the solid surfaces, which are then putting the energy back into the air as well. Yeah. And that's why your car is so stinking hot in the right. summer. Man, guys, if y'all have not experienced a <laughs> Texas or just the South or wherever you may live, if you're not in a really warm climate, this warm for part of the year, gosh, trust us. It's, there's a special experience of opening your car door and, being met with this like wave. It's like opening your oven. Yep. It sounds like we're exaggerating, but it's literally like opening an oven when you're already really hot. Yeah. 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 My sister-in-law was visiting one time and um, she's from Indiana. So I think it's hot there, but not as much so for as long as it does mm -hmm. in Texas, of course. And she was visiting us and then they were leaving and they walked outside and and she just did this like, like audible, like, ugh, feeling about how hot it was outside. And she goes, ugh, like walking into a hot mouth. Oh, gross. And I was like, oh, it was also very humid at the time. So that's why that extra level of uh, descriptor is there. But uh, I was like, oh my gosh, that's disgusting. But also what a perfect phrase. Yeah. And now I can't stop thinking about that. But it feels like I'm um, climbing into a, a hot, hot mouth. mouth is really gross. Yep. Sorry, guys. So, well, and that's burn into our mind now. Yep. While you were talking about hot mouses, mouses, mouths, mm -hmm. I did go to the National Weather Service and look how fast can a car, you know, can the sun heat a car? Uh -huh. And it does say that if it's only um, 73 degrees, it can hit 73 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh -huh. It can hit 100 degrees inside the car within 25 minutes. Wow. So that is wild to me. Yeah. And it does say a dark dashboard or seat can reach 180 to 200 degrees Fahrenheit. And 200 degrees Fahrenheit is 93 degrees Celsius. It is close to boiling water. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. And it, then it makes sense. It's like, oh, yeah, putting those reflector things in your windshield or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or just parking in the shade if you can. Yep. Makes like an insane amount of difference. But, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, the reflectors really help. I always kind of thought they were just like more trouble than they were worth, but Mason always puts his up and he I'm does. like, ugh. He's one of the few people I know who does that really um, consistently. I, he we, takes really good care of his stuff. We know? never really did that growing up. We never had them, so I never got in the habit and I didn't have anybody around me who who was. But now that I have kids, I'm like, I probably should get one of those because when you, you say you're in the <laughs> store and you go back out of the car, it's like, oh, I got to start this car and let it get some air circulating for a couple minutes before I put these poor kids in there. Um, and maybe having the reflector thing would help it be not as bad. So maybe yeah. I should, maybe I should just do it. There is a really cool graph on the national weather show on the website that I'm on, um, where it kind of shows you like, Oh, if it's 93 degrees outside and it's, you know, 60 minutes in the car, it can get up to 130 Fahrenheit. Even 
140 for the air temperature Fahrenheit, which would be, I think, in the 80s Celsius. Let's see. 140 Fahrenheit to Celsius. Oh, 60 degrees Celsius. Okay. So. Wow. Yeah, wild, right? Yeah, that's wild. In just one hour. Yeah. Rough. Yeah, for real. (laughs) And it was also like, well, if water vapor makes it worse, does that mean having like a cup of water in your car could make the temperature worse? And would it be worse on more humid days too? Right, right. Yeah. I think that's crazy to think about. But also I think water absorbs heat more slowly. Like it takes more heat to raise the temperature of water. So who knows? It just contributes to the absorption of infrared light. Right. So hopefully that helps you know a little bit more about what the greenhouse effect literally is. It's all about that infrared light that's actually, some of it comes from the sun, some of it's reabsorbed from, like absorbed and re-emitted from the earth. Yeah. And taken in only by certain molecules, which is why we call those the greenhouse gases. Yes. Not by oxygen and nitrogen. And it has nothing to do with visible light, which, because the gases aren't absorbing that. Right, right. Which is wild. That is wild. So I think I can take, I think I can explain it back to you using the analogy I already said, but getting a little bit more specific. Okay. There, whenever I think about importers, I specifically, this intersects with my life for the most part with coffee. Oh yeah. So um, most husband Mason and I have the coffee business and we have to, it would be a lot of trouble for us to try to import coffee ourselves from a farm in some other part of the world we'd have to do a lot of you know customs stuff you're basically not capable of it right now i am not capable of it (laughs) yes you could you could say that you don't have the time or resources yeah and i yeah and i literally don't know how and it would not be worth it for me to (laughs) learn how because i yeah i couldn't probably actually pull it off much like oxygen and nitrogen exactly so there's specific companies that do this and have relationships with those farms that import the coffee. We only work with ones who also treat those farms very fairly mm-hmm. and pay them very well for their coffee and for their hard work and their their artistic approach and the care they put into it, all that stuff. Very important. Um, so we, there's only a handful of those places compared to how many people there are. Right. right. And so we go to them to buy coffee that they have imported from the farm, from the country. Similar to how if I was oxygen... Mm-hmm. And I actually wanted some heat for some reason. So I, <laughs> so I wanted to be in a super hot car for some reason. I would have to to um, to get that from CO two or water vapor in the air, mm-hmm. or to put it back into the 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 better way to say it, the infrared, um, the light coming in, which there's UV visible and infrared coming in. Mm-hmm. The CO two and the water vapor actually can get excited. Mm-hmm. by that infrared and then they are then putting it out as heat yep basically they've imported it and then they're distributing it mm-hmm. other molecules around oxygen um, nitrogen whatever else could be in our air you said something else argon argon yeah good old argon doesn't <laughs> get enough credit in my opinion you know <laughs> it's in the air too okay it is in the air too um, it's actually a higher percentage the percentages if you don't think about water vapor Argon is close to 1% and carbon dioxide is only like 0.035. Wow. It's such a small amount for having such a big effect. That's crazy. But then there's also, there can be varying amounts of water vapor. Yeah. So they import it, they distribute it. The same thing happens with the visible light in the sense that 
things that have color and are solids, mm-hmm. um, especially if they're darker, right? They are absorbing the visible light. Yep. That they actually can take that energy and they can redistribute it as heat mm-hmm. to the molecules that are kind of right around it. Yeah. Um, which contributes, of course, especially if you got a big old dark colored dash. Yep. That's a lot of surface area that is probably making several degrees worth of difference. And then, then it'll slowly redistribute that and reach equilibrium within the car as much as it can. Right, right. Which is wild. Which is wild. But the UV question mark, we know the mm-hmm. UV is entering the car, but we don't know to what degree it is contributing to the overall yeah. heat. We know the UV is entering the car that has oxygen and nitrogen in it, which can absorb it. And I wonder yeah. if what it's doing to them, this is purely conjecture. So, yeah. you know, I didn't. Objection, I, Your Honor. It's possible that, you know, it's um, breaking the bonds and creating oxygen radicals, but, and maybe, you know, whatever nitrogen too, but it's breaking bonds rather than them just like absorbing the energy mm. and getting excited and re-releasing it. That's what I meant earlier when I said it's not re-releasing it as heat. Got it, got it. Might it. like be taking it in and breaking up the oxygen and nitrogen. Right. That's what I think. That is so conjecture though. Right. And I could not like. But it does tell us like there are other options other than just absorbing and re-emitting as heat. Yeah. There's other things that could be happening. Yeah. With Yeah. And we talked about that some on the ozone episode. And what the ozone does with light. But yes, I'm not satisfied until I can, I want somebody to tell me if that's for sure why it's not being taken into the, um, into the greenhouse effect or not. But that's my best guess as a chemist as to what's happening with the UV light. But I do think the UV light is also very likely heating the, um, the plastic dashboard, things like that. Yeah, I think that's taking in and, either breaking bonds and making radicals and making it fade, possibly also heating up. So you couldn't find stuff about that specifically. What do you think the government's hiding? <laughs> I think I didn't look it up actually probably in the best way. Mm. I think I think it's very likely that, um, you know, people are like, oh, well, UV light does this to oxygen and nitrogen, so that's not part of the equation. And I was trying to look it up in the context of the greenhouse gas specifically. Right, right. So I think that's probably why. Yeah. That's my guess. Very specific use case. Like, yeah. that we, you were trying to put things together for this specific thing, and it could be that this is talked about in the little... Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. And I, I was like, I don't know if our listeners will even think about the UV light, but I think about the UV light, yeah. and we talk about the UV light entering your car and give you, you know, damaging your skin. That's yeah. my best guess. I wish I had thought to look it up like that before. It kind of just occurred to me I could look it up in another fashion but that's my best guess as a chemist but this chemistry off the cuff so don't hold me to it that's i feel like there's like most of that wasn't cuff but it's a little bit of cuff <laughs> yeah, may, yeah yeah just a little bit of cuff yeah. yeah so the uv light is is kind of our dark horse that we're like yeah what is the uv light doing the oxygen nitrogen is it just breaking it up is it doing is it doing something else i yeah. don't know so is it doing nothing is it like a huge player is it having a massive effect but very secretly yeah now that i've thought about looking it up in a different way i'll likely bring that out in our in our next week's q and r nice excellent but if anyone you know has any thoughts off the top of their head give them to me 
So yeah, that's the greenhouse gas effect. Interesting. Now Very you cool. have a concrete. I always guess I thought it was visible and probably UV. I never thought about infrared light. Yeah. And it, I never, I mean, I knew what the greenhouse gases were, but I never really cared about it. You're you right. Know? Right. Or how that was impacting getting in and out of my hot car. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, uh, there's, there's other chemical like principles that we've talked about, chemistry principles we talked about that I have, and many of us have some basic understanding and it does feel like it makes sense mm-hmm. even without us really knowing how it works under the hood. It's like this just, I, I hear about this on these large scale things, but the earth and also uh, Venus or whatever. And then I experience it in these small scale versions. So I'm like, oh yeah, checks out. Makes sense. <laughs> but I can't explain it to you though. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Not deeply. Well, your explanation and your overview is good. But it's like, it's like, I can only tell you that it happens and conditions that might create it, but not necessarily like, what does it hinge on? You know, like for instance, I would not have been able to guess about which gases it actually, I could maybe guess CO2 because that's the environmental. The big one. Methane also is, uh, contributes to, it absorbs the infrared light. And I will say, we always talk about, you know, oh, CO2 in our atmosphere is going to, know it causes climate change blah blah it does because we have too much of it yeah but but without it at all the estimate is that the earth would be like negative 18 degrees Mm. so we need a little bit of it it's good that it's good that we have it yeah but we don't need too much of a good thing it's like sugar can bring joy and make you happy but you don't need it all the time right right (laughs) yeah you definitely shouldn't breathe it that's a good point definitely shouldn't breathe sugar (laughs) yeah and the methane thing that's going to affect some people's cars more than others you know Everybody has that friend. Oh, gosh. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Isn't it weird? This is just very off topic, but <laughs> but cows emit so much methane that that is like contributes to the greenhouse effect in, in our climate heating up. I know. Every time I read something about that, I'm always like, that is insane. It's wild. Yep. It's um, in case for anyone not tracking. Methane comes out also in flatulence. Yes. So. Yep. Yeah. It's just, I think it's honestly cow's way of getting back. Probably. Us. They're like, oh, okay. Well, he, how about this? Didn't expect this, did you? My husband grew up in Amarillo and there's a lot of cattle near there. Mm-hmm. And it smells like manure if the wind's blowing the right way. Yep. I wonder if they think about the greenhouse effect whenever they smell that. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> probably not. I bet it's, I bet <laughs> we have higher priority worries in the moment. <laughs> you know? My cousin did not go to a school out there. Uh, it's like near Arillo because huh. she said she couldn't live somewhere where it smells like cow manure that often. Wow. That's interesting. I know. <laughs> I was around a lot of cows as well growing up. Um, and a, a friend of mine had a ranch with cows. Um, so I was around it quite a bit. But if I was choosing, I would maybe I would think about it differently. But it was like, oh, it's just normal. I mean, yeah, people have animals out there. I'd rather smell that honestly than like when you pass like a like a oil refinery kind of place or something like that, mm-hmm. where it's like a I don't know, totally different smell. But some of those I can handle better than others. You know, my grandfather had some cattle too, but I feel like if you go to a farm and you're like, that's where the cattle are gonna be, then you're like, makes sense. I came to them. Yeah. Right. But when I would walk out 
the front door in Amarillo and sometimes it smells like cow manure. It's always yeah. shocking to me. Right, right. Like we're in the middle of the city, but it's not the same kind of city as totally. where I grew up. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. So that's a little uh, little sidebar on manure for you <laughs> <laughs> and how cows affect the greenhouse. Uh, okay. Well, thanks, Jam. Thanks for letting me go on that tangent, but also for learning about the greenhouse gas effect and why our cars get so hot in the summer. Absolutely. Thanks for teaching me. Maybe instead of being frustrated when you get in the hot, sweaty car, you can be like, ah, chemistry. Now yes. I know how this works. Totally. Yes. Even if I feel bad in my body, at least my brain is stimulated by the chemistry knowledge. Right. You know? Exactly. And that could bring me a little bit of peace. Yeah, me too. And Unt I wouldn't have until thought until the AC <laughs> kicks in. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't have even thought about this. Um, I probably never would have researched it if, if it wasn't for this podcast. So thanks for thanks for listening and always wanting to learn about new chemistry topics and helping me also teach myself. Any, anytime, I'll learn it and help you teach yourself by learning it from you. <laughs> anytime. <laughs> oh, I was about to wrap up the episode, but we didn't do our fun thing for this week. Yeah, I was about to say something about that. Oh, okay. Well. But I, before we wrap up the episode, we can talk about our fun thing for this week. Okay. You want to go first or me? I can go first. Do it. Um, Mason's uh, cousin is having a baby and she was in town for a baby shower and that was really fun. Nice. This weekend. And, um, and next weekend, my sister-in-law is also having a baby. Not next weekend. She's having a baby shower. So. Uh -huh. We've got lots of baby showers. And then in the middle, um, I'm kind of dressed up today because I got to go to an existing kid's, uh, his graduation. Nice. So we've had lots of fun, like kind of family and that kid's your events. nephew. That kid's my nephew. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the nephew who's out of the womb, not yes. the nephew who's in the womb that we're throwing the party for. Right. 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 So yeah, it's just been kind of like a fun family event, like yeah, just kind of a good time in yeah. my life right now where I'm getting to see people and it's it's cute yep. to go to a kid's graduation. It's fun to see, you know, babies, new babies being prepared for and being born. So, yes, yes. Yeah. Very cool. Very exciting. Just been a fun, fun May so far. What about you? Oh, let's see. Um, you mentioned last time we recorded about that you and Mason watched the kids that one night. So I mean, I could go to date night. So I can't really share about that, but I was thinking that was one of my recent highlights, but, um, what, I think you'd said you would share more. Okay. Maybe I will. Possibly. You were like, I'll share maybe more details on that next week. Why don't I just do it then in that case? Cause I guess they didn't hear our half. So, yeah, um, they just heard my half. Right. So Melissa and Mason watched the kids for an evening and then they decided they were going to sleep in our guest room, which allowed us to basically be gone out as late as we wanted to. And this was for, uh, our eighth anniversary. Um, and it's kind of cool because anytime you're going to do a date night, even if you get a babysitter, you still always have an end time. Mm -hmm. Unless your babysitter's like total night owl or cool people like Melissa and Mason who are friends with and it's not that weird and not that big a deal for them to just sleep here. And we also don't have a house. So yep. it's nice to be in a house every once in a while. So that was kind of cool. and And I can't remember the last time that and I got to just be out as late as we want to, uh, other than the year before that, where y'all watched the kids. We and did the same thing. Same thing. Or the kid at that point and did the same thing, but we actually stayed overnight somewhere else. And so this was just a out as late as we want, still coming back here. And so we did a very, like, I guess you could say very basic 
date night, but also <laughs> it was exactly what we wanted. It's basic for a reason. Yeah, for Basic's a reason. Basic's not bad. It's not bad. I'm I'm not ashamed of it, but I'd like to get ahead of that because if anyone's <laughs> like, that's what they did, I'm like, yeah, and I'm not ashamed <laughs> of it, okay? So uh, Em and I love P.F. Chang's. She used to live a lot, cl- a lot closer to one back in Indianapolis, and so we had to drive just a little bit to get to one, and so we decided, let's do that for dinner. Mm-hmm. And we weren't even leaving the house until like, what, eight something? It was I pretty think. late, yeah. Yeah. We helped to get it was almost bedtime. Right. Did we already get the kids fully down or did y'all do that? We did that. Okay. I can't remember. Um, and then so we left at like eight-ish, went and ate at PF Chang's, then went and did mini golf, which Em and I love and have always so loved. So cute. We we did that. We have fond memories of doing that at like various times and places on vacations, that kind of stuff. So we we're just like, let's do let's do it. And, um, and I won. I didn't know that. That's a new thing I learned that night is that you guys love mini golf. That's so cute. Yeah. It's also great because Em and I are both not super competitive and we also don't like competing against each other really. Yeah. But mini golf is fun and playful enough. And even if you lose, you had fun or you should have. And if you didn't, you did something wrong. You, you really messed up if you didn't have fun playing mini golf. It's low stakes. Low stakes. We did that. And then we were debating about this the whole evening, like whether we we're going to do this or not, whether we had enough energy or not. We went and saw the third Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> movie, which came out that day. And neither of us knew that until we were already on the date. And we were like <laughs> looking at things we could do. And so we literally did dinner, mini golf, movie. Cute. The showing of the movie didn't start until like 11 something. Which is so bold. <laughs> yeah, so bold. And as we got the snacks and stuff to to start walking toward the, 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 from the snack area to the theater, we were both like, we're so tired. <laughs> we're like, why are we doing why this? Why are we doing this? But also there's this feeling of like, but we can. Yeah. So we did that. For context, we were going to sleep as they were walking into the movie. Yep. Yeah. And we were like about 45 minutes away from our town. So anyway, yep. We did all that stuff. Came back, uh, went to bed at like 2 a.m. or something like that. I don't even remember. Might have been a little later, actually. I think it was close to three. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next morning, hung out with these guys and that went, was so fun. Walked and got donuts and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was one of the most recent, cool, very fun, huge highlights. So thanks again. That's I, th- good. I think I thank you last time, but thanks again to you and Mason for watching the kids. And I also got baby snuggles, which are really cute and fun and like good for your endorphins and dopamine because they're like, oh, look at this little baby. Yeah. So that was really fun too. Yeah. And we get tons of those endorphins, so we can, we can share You them. can spare some. Yeah. yeah. You need the kind of endorphins that come with the rush of staying out late. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the rush of doing something somewhat irresponsible. Yeah. And it's like, we already, it's like, the thing is too, it's like, we already don't get great sleep many nights of the week, but- why not do it on our terms? You know? <laughs> it's like the kids are sometimes the cause of that, but why not cause it on our own? Yeah. For fun. For fun. So Be, the little rush of that. Well, I already thanked you so much and the listener so much. So I think with that, we can wrap up today's episode. Let's do it. So most and I have a lot of ideas for topics of chemistry in everyday life, just like something as everyday. And in this case, unfortunate and uncomfortable as uh, cars getting hot in summer, but we want to hear from you. So if you have ideas, questions, thoughts, whatever, reach out to us on our website at chemforyourlife.com. That's chem, F-O-R, yourlife.com to share your thoughts and ideas. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the cost of making it, go to patreon.com slash chemforyourlife or tap the link in our show notes or the description to join our super cool community of patrons. If you're not able to do that, you can still help us by subscribing on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube 
and rating and writing a review on Apple Podcasts because that stuff also really helps us to be able to share chemistry with even more people. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. Jam Robinson is our producer, and this episode was made possible by our financial supporters over on Patreon. It seriously means so much to us that you all want to help make chemistry accessible to even more people. Those supporters are Avishai B, Bree M, Brian K, Chris and Claire S, Chelsea B, Derek L, Emerson W, Hunter R, Jacob T, Christina G, Lynn S, Melissa P, Nicole C, Nellie S, Stephen B, Shadow, Suzanne S, Timothy P, and Venus R. Thank you again for everything that you do to make chemistry for your life happen. And if you'd like to learn more about today's chemistry lesson, you can check out the references for this episode in our show notes or in the description of the video. And that is where you can learn more about why carbon dioxide and water absorb in the infrared region when some other things don't. Nice. Cool. Yay, chemistry. Yay, chemistry.